Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Are we live? Yeah. I think we're Memorex, but that's because I'm old. Yep. Todd probably got that reference. Oh, I got you. Absolutely. <laughs> Didn't have to ask. I, we know I did. <laughs> Please, Andy, for you, we need the God. master's voice reference. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Wait, wait. Well, at least I know the dog's name. Fuck. I think it was fuck. I think I the dog's name was fuck. I don't think it's fuck. Fuck the RCA dog. <laughs> <laughs> you called that dog a shithead. <laughs> now that sounded very triumph there. Victor. Uh, Biggs. Victor. I just remembered. It's Victor. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Victor. I liked my name better. <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 582. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fuckhead Andy. Maple Leaf Mats. And we're here to talk a week and geek. Good to see you once again, gentlemen. That's all. You know what? This this is so cathartic. Just oh, the, stop it, right it, there. It, hey, what? Post, what? Stop right there. How dare you miss Professor Biggs? But he's you, always you been did. here. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't leave. But he didn't <laughs> right. introduce himself. You just went right into Week and Geek, and he right. was talking and everything. Well, as you host, see, he's it's as his prerogative, though, Matt. That's right. That's right. I'm just the ghost. I in the like I do like the fact that you defended him because it's happened so many times to you. <laughs> yeah, it's very personal to Matt. Yes, the professor is here. Good to see you, professor. Hello, everyone. But it is so wonderful to, because uh, this this is my social time right here. I, my social time is is a few hours on Monday, and then we record it for for your pleasure, Shock Monkey. So right. we're glad to have you with us too. And that's just sad. <laughs> my social time too. Although I did get to go to one of my brothers. Uh, uh, nature walk Sunday, so that was the uh, first time I've been away from the house for a while. Were you squatching? I was not squatching, no, not not in front of all those nice. <laughs> not, uh, the, the frogs were squatching, but the birds were squatching, but we weren't watching. Uh, okay, <laughs> you had to open that can of worms, didn't you, Matt? I did. <laughs> the Geek Jock Book Club is currently voting on April's graphic novel. So if uh, you are part of the book club, go to the Geek Jock book club page and make your vote heard are we understanding that april not only has a podcast now she has a graphic novel i want to hear about this <sighs> yeah i know and andy's just making yeah. sure just launching this <laughs> shooting rockets on all fours <laughs> your, your non-sequitur game has upped itself this this, this week andy <laughs> none of us none of us can track your 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 thought process so, gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week? And we'll start with you, Matt. Nothing. Nothing at all. No? Next. Not at all? How's Next. the puppy? Um, She's asleep at my feet right now, so she's doing Aww. good. See? Uh, did you at least give the puppy, like, a secondary nerdy name? Like Andy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that'd be fine. <laughs> no. I'd be I honored, but, you know, you didn't, that'd I didn't be like great. You didn't like then, name it Darth or something or Darth Puppy or no, then we no. could have like Matt running around going, Andy, God damn it. Did you pee <laughs> there? Andy, did you shit? Andy. Okay, now I'm <laughs> definitely gonna name a pet Andy for that very reason. 
God, God damn it, Andy! And then Paulette, settle down. <laughs> you <have to> relax. <laughs> Wait until Andy so, chews up all your minis. That's right. Oh. <laughs> Once that dog be... spills a beer, it will be mine. Oh, I wasn't <laughs> talking about the dog. It'll uh, <laughs> be the second Horace Heresy on that case. <laughs> Uh, down with the false emperor. Okay, so Matt did nothing. Okay, uh, how about you, Steve? What did you do this week? In listening to last week's episode, it occurred to me that all I said about Mr. Mercedes was I liked the uh, previously on Mr. Mercedes. It's really good. I've never read the books, so I can't comment on how uh, close they are to the books, but as a TV show, it's really, really good. Available for free on Peacock with no commercials. Um, Fox, your streaming service. Stop trying to make it happen. Peacock's not going to happen. Peacock is also free. I'm just saying. It's free. Oh, and then you get the email. Oh, $4.99. Two years down the line, $5.99. And then $7.99. <laughs> and then Disney Plus buys them. How, yes. are the, uh, how are the captions? We were discussing that last week. Oh. Well, we weren't discussing it for Mr. Mercedes. So no, no. I, but we were discussing that some of the, like, CBS All Access apparently has terrible captions. Yes, I they never. Do. I never watch them with captions. So you know who does captions right? Who who does it frankly perfectly? And that is Amazon Prime. Yeah. Cause not only do you, you're not just turning on and off captions and then you're at the willy-nilly of whatever the app is designed for. You choose how you want your captions. You choose the font size, you choose the color, you choose the style, so the, the caption forms to you. So thank you, Amazon, for us caption lovers. Uh, I, I beg say... to differ. <laughs> uh, Amazon, for quite a while, was defaulting at, no matter how many times I turned it off in the app, it would default as uh, captions on, but <laughs> it would be default in German. <laughs> And the side effect was, even if I turned off the captions, if there was uh, a character, if, if it was an English-recorded uh, movie or TV show, when a, a character was speaking in a foreign language and it was doing the translation, it would do the translation in German. So I would have to, I would literally have to stop the movie, go into the settings, choose English, and then rewind and play that scene again. Oh, it wow. drove me absolutely nuts. Well, Jeff, I, there's an I'm, option, Amazon yeah. Prime Plus, and they send an Amazon worker that sits next to you in the couch <laughs> and actually speaks to you. In German. In German. All is klar, Herr Gunther. Now, I discovered the reason it was doing that is because German is listed as Deutsch in there. And that was the very first one uh, alphabetically in the list. So that's why it was defaulting to German. But the fact that it just kept doing that, um, even, even times when I would load up a movie and the captions did not come on by default, it would still do that when a character would speak in another language. It would have it in German and I'd have to go reset it. I you haven't <laughs> had that issue in the last week or so. But Wait, this was for, happening up till a week ago? Oh, yeah. Like during the whole that's lockdown. Crazy. It was wow. frustrating as hell. Uh, <laughs> do you know? Do you know why German is is listed as Deutsch? 
because that's how it's said in the native language. I am aware. I do speak a right. little German, Andy. Right. And I was just, I just, it, it amazes me that everyone has their word for themselves. And then the word everyone else calls them is some variation of those dirty foreigners. <laughs> so speaking of Amazon Prime, I also did watch the first episode of Invincible. Ah. It's so good. Oh, God, it's so good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's really good. I've only seen that one. The voice acting's great. And, of course, if you've read the, uh, if you've read the comic, and apparently the way the voting is going so far in next week's or next month's uh, thing. It looks like Invincible may be the one brings a tear because I really want that Superman smash as a plan, but <laughs> Invincible is also excellent. It's uh, it's good. The art style uh, nicely, nicely mimics the art style in the, uh, in the comic and, and uh, so far so good. I've only seen that one episode, but it's, it's good. And then the last, <laughs> the last thing I did just on a whim, and I forget how it came up, but just on a whim, I went to see if there was any place I could stream the TV series version of The Ghost and Mrs. Muir. Oh, boy. <laughs> and it's available for free in pretty good resolution uh, things on YouTube. And so I'm almost through the first season. I remember, you know, as a kid, I was, you know, 10, 10 to 12 when that show was on. I loved it as a kid, and I had a hunch it would be one of those. It's like, oh, I bet if I watch it as an adult, I'm just going to be sitting there cringing. It's actually not that cringeworthy except for one major thing, which is a problem with all episodic television from that time period. And that is nothing nothing progresses you know, from, uh. from, from episode to episode, including character interactions. They're all self-contained. So one episode... The captain, you know, Captain Greg and Mrs. Muir might seem like they have a, a real friendship and a real thing. The next episode, he's the jealous ghost lover and she's got a new boyfriend. And then the next episode, they're back to being friends. And the next episode is all wacky ghost antics. And it's just like, you know, for anyone who's ever seen the, the movie, it's like, I, I think that premise is ripe for a reboot. I would love to see an, uh, a modern retelling of that story with some progression and try to figure out things like, you know, okay, this guy's a ghost. So rationally, even if you can actually have a relationship, like a personal relationship with him, so far as a romantic relationship, how is that really going to work? <laughs> and of course the movie version did a nice job of the captain realizing that and stepping out and saying, I'm really getting in this woman who I love. I'm getting in the way of her life, so I'm just going to go, which makes it all... <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Am I so, correct remembering Charles Wilson Riley being in the TV series? <laughs> oh, indeed. Oh, it's just me. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, oh. oh Captain, Captain Greg. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I just vaguely remember the show existing. I, I, I remember it being on, but I don't remember much besides I vaguely remember Charles Wilson Riley. He's fantastic because he he does he has just that manic you know spastic energy and he's all tall and lanky and weird and it's just oh my god it's uh, and again he, charles Austin riley is one of those guys that if you only know him from his game show appearances on like match game and stuff he's he is hard to watch in long stretches but his little you know two or three minutes per episode of him getting chased out of the house by you know, the ghost of the captain, that's pretty fun. And just him, the way he faints is, <laughs> it's just, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch 
technique at work. And the show is called The Devil and Mrs. Jones? Uh, yes, that's okay. exactly correct. That's, that was the exciting sequel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember Charles Dunson Wiley from uh, the old talk shows, like Michael Douglas yeah. and the uh, and uh, Merv Griffin. And often my first uh, exposure to classic songs and musical was him <laughs> doing one of those, you know. The, the first time I heard the Satterbert Wiser Girl was for Charles Nelson Riley. Oh, yikes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember him most from Hollywood Squares. And, of course, Lidsville. Uh, yes, yes. And everything else I'll save because some stuff I did with Kirsten. So, All right, Jeff, what did you do this week? I actually had a whole bunch of things that I watched for this week that turned out to not be anything I wanted to bring, with the exception of... Um, on Disney Plus, they just launched uh, the Mighty Ducks Game Changers, which is their oh TV show God. that we we talked about on the on the show not long ago. Uh, although, of course, for me, not long ago could have been six months ago. Uh, I think it was a year. I think it was a year. Was it? Was it a year ago? Well, uh, it's actually uh, the first episode is the only one that's premiered, but uh, so far I'm I'm liking it. You know, Emilio Estevez is back, but in that first episode, he's rather a minor role. Um, it does tend to center around uh, Lauren Graham, who uh, plays a single mother named Alex, and uh, her son, Evan. I like Lauren Graham a lot. I think she's a fantastic actor, and I, I tend to like everything that she's been in. And uh, So yeah, I'm very interested to see where they go with the, the series. As a kind of a refresher from when we talked about it, the, the premise takes place around the Mighty Ducks have now become this big, huge, money driven organization that the parents are, you know, they have personal trainers for their kids and, you know, life coaches and all this stuff. So it's become a, almost a professional organization as opposed to just a, a kid's team that you play on for fun. It's become more about winning than, than enjoying the game. Alex's son gets kicked off the team because they consider him a weak link. So she starts her own team to play uh, and takes on a lot of the kids who are quote unquote rejects so that they can play to have fun and learn about the game and learn sportsmanship and stuff. So the first episode simply revolves around, uh, you know, establishing this new team and finding a place for them to, to play. And so, but yeah, I'm interested to see where they go with this. Uh, It is definitely uh, geared more towards kids but uh, I think it could end up being a good series. And, of course, since it's on Disney+, Plus, the, the bar is high. So we'll see where it goes from there. I never was into the Ducks. Is yeah. this a place to enter it? Uh, I wouldn't say it's a place to <laughs> enter it because it does... I mean, it is its own thing, but they do, especially in that first episode, reference the movies a lot. So if you don't have that knowledge base, you won't know what they're talking about. Okay. Plus, Todd, you can't enter a duck unless she wants you to enter her. They have labyrinth and vaginas. Right. And I don't have the penis that, that, uh, that the, the ducks have either. So, so I, either way, I'm not screwed. <laughs> there it is, folks. Bringing the funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kirsten, what did you do this week? <sighs> Jiu-jitsu. Wait, wait. Say that again. Jiu-jitsu. Wait, oh, uh, the... Uh, <laughs> Nick Cage movie? The Nick Cage movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. So not, not, not real. As like, 
Now is a really dangerous time to be doing that, Kay. So, so what's this? What's this jujitsu? <sighs> <laughs> Not good. Is uh, you're 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 very wow. hesitant. You know how I feel about artists trashing other artists' work, but wow. I punched up this movie because I just figured let's watch a, a crazy, bad, you know, Nick Cage joint. And it's not a Nick Cage joint, even though he's in it. It's it's not it's not even, you know, enjoyable color out of space bad. Wow. This thing is a mess. Now the 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 frustrating thing about it and I'll go ahead and say it. I, I'm probably going to spoil it, but, you know, fuck that, because if you really want to watch this, you deserve it spoiled. It's basically Predator. Okay. And so the concept we find is that this alien, every six years, a comet passed close to Earth and opens a dimensional doorway that this alien named Brax goes through. And this alien, like 2,000 years ago, taught humanity jujitsu so that when he came through, volunteers could step up for him to fight. And he would fight them to the death every six years. Now, it's kind of silly, right? Why, would, you know, why are you going to fight anybody to the death? You don't want to do it. Well, because if volunteers don't step up to follow Brax, he will wipe out every living thing on the planet. So the volunteers have to step up and sacrifice themselves for the world. And he fights fair, so, hey, you just might kill him and end the problem. So the movie begins with a frenetic scene with this guy who is a martial arts actor named Alain Moussi. This is a foreign film in that it was foreign produced and the almost the entire uh, 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 credits is Greek and the locations were Cyprus. So this is a Greek Cypriot movie. And apparently I think they got their funding because Nick Cage was in it, which is really <laughs> funny because Frank Grillo is in it. Frank Grillo played huh. uh, Crossbones from the Marvel right. movies. And he's totally fucking wasted. There's no point to him being there. Uh, Nick Cage is fun because he's channeling uh, Dennis Hopper from Apocalypse Now. <laughs> oh, boy. But there isn't a lot of purpose. It, uh, the character that Elaine plays gets... Um, uh, uh, amnesia because he hits his head as he's running from these throwing stars and uh, Nick Cage rescues him from the river but then turns him over to a fisherman's wife who then dispenses wisdom in some language it sounds like Chinese but they say they're in Burma yes Burma and yes at one point Elaine's character goes I thought it was Myanmar and the army intelligence officer interrogating him goes don't be funny have no idea. Um, everyone in the cast is actually pretty good. There's a uh, there's a martial arts actress, Juju Chen. She's a uh, Asian American. She's blonde, um, and she was in the Wu Assassins, a TV show I talked about um, a year ago. She's a good actress. There is one dude. Uh, I'm blanking on his name. 
a, a part of the team of the jujitsu people who are going to be fighting the uh, the creature. He, uh, uh, well, I can only think of a—he's the black guy. I cannot remember his fucking name, but he was good. Everyone's good. Even even Nick Cage was kind of good, you know. And but the okay, so the director knows how to cast. Tony Jaa, Mar Thai martial arts uh, star Tony Jaa is in it. Now I have a theory that they had to get their financing, and Tony Jaa was part of it. But when they made the movie, the 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 Thai bankers who financed it were like, "There's not enough Tony Jaa." Let me explain. Elaine gets amnesia and is captured by. Well, he's turned over to the army, which is on a special mission in this Burmese city of ancient ruins. And they spend a half hour, almost 40 minutes, interrogating him, fighting him. Occasionally he pops up and discovers, I've got wild martial arts abilities. But they continue interrogating him and they continue working with him until Tony Joss shows up. And he's like, it's time to get you out of here, Jake. And Elaine's like, who's Jake? And he's like, come with me. And they go to fight their way out. And all of a sudden, the movie goes into hardcore Henry mode. Oh, oh okay. So first person. And you're watching the movie, listening to Jake say, hey, wait for me. And you're, you're doing this frenetic camera work bopping around. Tony Jaa is doing tons of fighting. He's Tony Jaa. It's great stuff. He's kicking, the, he's kicking ass everywhere. Then the camera falls backward. Oh, no. Viewpoint hardcore Henry guy got kicked in the chest and the camera pulls back and suddenly there's Alain Moussi as Jake and he pops up and he fights. And you're like, oh, OK, so there was a brief moment. Is this what the movie's going to be like? Kind of quasi hardcore. I don't know. Oops. Whoop, and it jumps back into hardcore Henry mode as he watches Tony Jaa again. And then it bops back out of hardcore Henry mode as Elaine runs around with Tony John. They fight again and then it bops back into it. And there's a, this scene is like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I lost track of time. They finally escape and they get into a field and the crew meets them. And they're all like, dude, what are you doing? Threatening the mention? What are you doing? And he's like, I don't remember any of you. And they're all like, what the hell? Are you serious? And he's like, I'm serious. Frank Grillo leads this part of the group. He's very good. Then suddenly people are attacked by this invisible being. And they're getting hit with power blasts that are knocking them all over the place. But the army intelligence group, led by the interrogator that was interrogating him originally, come in and they start fighting. And the, 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 the aliens killing army people and the jujitsu guys are killing army people and army people are getting killed. And Elaine, who got blasted with this power blast, is recaptured by the interrogator. And taken back to the interrogation place. Is this three <laughs> Jackie Chan movies that were scripts that were rejected or something added to get combined together? Dude, it's crazy. But let me tell you this part. Oh no more hardcore Henry mode. That was it. The, the okay. rest of it had frenetic fighting and, and, and action sequences, but they never went back to that. I get the distinct impression that that beginning was tacked on to give Tony Jaws something to do to please some investors. Wow. So yeah, you're wow. saying it's deserved of its 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Dude, it, yeah, it's, it's tough if you're, because it's, it's, 
it's a hard movie to even just watch a bad martial arts movie just to watch the action sequences. The action's not bad, especially as the movie progresses. Nick Cage is not bad. He even gets his own solo fight with the alien creature. But that opening, that beginning is just weird and terrible. And Tony, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Frank Grillo doesn't even get a good a good fight scene. He looks good. He plays good. He sounds good. And I, I don't think that his, uh, spoiler alert, death was was terribly heroic there would it was just it was just agonizingly and one thing that goes through this whole thing is like well we got a plan this time to kill brax and jake's like what's the plan and they're like you don't remember the plan you made the plan okay well let's go and then they walk away and it's like what is the plan later on well we got a plan this time what is the plan you know the plan you made it up that's it. Wow. If your goal was to dissuade me from watching this movie, mission accomplished. <laughs> and then at the end, when they fight the alien, there is, an, there is a moment of an improvisation from an outside character that you know, therefore, this is not how the plan was supposed to go. So it's like, what plan? They actually <laughs> never mention or discuss the plan. And much less use it. You don't look at it at the end and go, oh, well, that was the plan. <laughs> oh. they, they got their plan from the Cylons. Oh, dude. The guy who was doing the mocap and the suit work for the alien. Very good. Great work. Nice martial arts technique. Some of the sword fighting and a lot of the martial arts fighting. Very cool. Tony Jaw has an alien fight scene wonderful oh and at the end there's a handful of oh, characters wait, wait. Don't, don't don't spoil it now yeah. <laughs> i already stated my uh, my feeling on that the, and and there's four of them and they're all clustered together and they're like Whew, we survived it and then it cuts to tony jaw slow-mo walking in a room and then it cuts to the main guy alain and he nods Cuts to Tony Jaw, who nods, and then you get a wide shot of the four of them leaving the room, and Tony Jaw is not a part of it. So he was an insert shot to make you think he's still alive or something. Once again, my 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 Tony Jaw investors theory. Oh, <laughs> my Tony Jaw's on the floor, dude. <laughs> this thing, it was just, it was just, it was weird because it's like, you know what? A, a predator type dude right down to the invisibility coming to earth teaching a martial art to people and saying i'm going to come back every few years and we're going to fight and you better fight me actually the premise itself it's a solid concept okay so it's predator but he warns you okay but well, my god what a predator, mess it's predator sprinkled with mortal combat outland yeah, comes you have a fight sure yeah. absolutely and, and, and it just, okay, so there, there's your pitch. Predator, Mortal Kombat, matchup. Okay, here's your million dollars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like now I said, everyone, the, 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 the martial artist, Alain Moussi, he's a French guy whose family was living overseas. He was born in Gabon, for God's sakes, right? Perfect English. 
If if they did ADR, if they dubbed him, that was amazing because he speaks fluent English. Wonderful actor. He's playing the trying to figure out the amnesia. He's being confused. But when he goes to work, there's no questioning that he's a martial artist who's acting and not an actor who was taught some martial arts. He is, you know, he's Jean-Claude Van Damme quality. He's really good. Your your it, groans it, of it and your description of the, the beginning of it, we just like groaned and said, jujitsu. Your your the delivery was such that and Nick Cage's career has been so weird lately. I my first thought was like so it was some sort of Kung Pao movie and jujitsu was spelled J E W. Right. You know? It would have fit in fit into the logic of the movie they made. I mean, there was but, just Literally, I'm not joking. That's that's not me being an asshole. I'll, I'll do that later. But literally, so, your 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 delivery was such. I'm like, well, this must be attempted humor, and isn't. And it was apparently attempted straight, and wasn't. Man, I, I don't know. I, I'm yes. I'm doing the same thing, Kirsten. Squinting my eyes yeah. at that one too. I, yeah, stop I'm, stop I'm, attempting to be straight, Kirsten. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Let me channel my uh, Charles Nelson Riley. But. Uh, <laughs> It, 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 I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I don't know. I mean, it's, and it's something like you can't describe it to the point of, I want people to watch it so they understand what I'm talking about. This movie being such a mess. It's just insane. It's that version of Schadenfreude where you, you had to suffer through it. So now you want other people to suffer through it. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, dude, I just went in there expecting a, a low-rent martial arts color out of space, and I don't know what the hell I got. <laughs> well, if you want a, a, a decent Frank Grillo palate cleanser, go watch that uh, movie Boss Level that I, I talked yes. about on the show. It's a much better it's film. I've seen it. Uh, uh, Flick Connection, the guy, uh, the guy on that talked about it, so... So, yeah, that's one to pick up on because because that was one of the disappointing things, Jeff. I was waiting for Frank Grillo to unleash like, OK, time to go Grillo on his ass. Yeah, he never does. There's um there's another uh, Asian-American actor, Rick Ewan. Uh, yeah. You guys would recognize him. You may not recognize the name. Badass mofo. Like this guy. He shows up. Two minutes of exposition that you really don't even need. And then he's gone forever. The woman what? who interrogates him, the woman who interrogates him as an army intelligence officer and sticks with him. At one point, they're running because because uh, he gets captured by them. And then the alien hunts them down and destroys them. And he's running because he's like, I think this thing is after me. I'm going to run. And he runs. And the intelligence officer woman is like, wait for me. And she's following him. That weird choice. They do that. You know, that neck uh, mount camera that focuses on your face and your face is still while you move and everything else around you is kind of weird. They do that with her. There are a couple scenes where she's doing that. That's it. That happens like two, three (laughs) times. They never do it again. It's like, why'd you even make that choice? And then as, uh, as he's running, he falls into a hole. Boom, ba doop doop And he falls into this luxury suite underground hideaway. And she stops <laughs> and she looks at the hole. 
And she's like, Jake, Jake, where are you? And this throwing star comes out of nowhere, shunk, hits her. She goes, ah, falls out of the screen, never returns. <laughs> it's not even a dramatic death. She just gets hits and disappears, smash cut. And I waited the whole movie for her to come back, and she never did. She was only available for those two days. Oh, dude, dude, and and you, uh, she spoke very good English, but her last name was Greek. So I have a feeling uh, she was somebody's niece or something. And yeah, I, I got, I got you in the movie, honey. Just uh, you know, you got to feed the bear. I got soft Sophia Coppola vibes in Godfather Three, like honey. The Thai investors want this big Tony Jaw thing, so I got a part for you. Because she was also the weakest cast member. Uh. But, dude, that was weird. The film quality was okay. The special effects worked. Very good special effects. They did a good job. Uh, and like I said, all the actors, including the stunt actors, martial art actors, all of them, good do their shit. These are pe the, the, the black guy I mentioned, whose name I shamefully can't remember. This guy has got his chops. He could hold his own in a movie, and he should get one one day. But wow. Kirsten with the passionate disappointment. Oh, my God. I can't. I don't. I, I just, you know, and I hate talking like this. But fuck it. it, it's a foreign I, I movie. It. They're Greek Cypriots. Like, I'm ever going to not get cast by those guys. Oh, Jesus Christ. Andy, what did you hate this week? <laughs> I, man, I, uh, I'm all about the love, baby. Uh, I watched Skylines, but I, and I'm trying to find, I was trying to find out where I found out about it from. It was some game site or some website or something talked about Skylines being the best movie on, best sci-fi movie on Netflix right now. It probably, and, uh, I know where you saw it. It was like uh, Inversion or... Uh... Something like that. I mean, it was fine. It wasn't. <laughs> uh, it, was, it, was, it was actually... And they also said it's a, it's a third movie in a trilogy, but you don't really need to watch the first two. And I'm like, yeah. well, that's not a thing I do, but <laughs> I will this time. And, and I, they do kind of cover up the... They do you know, cover what you need to know in the first five, ten minutes. But there is so much world building in his first two movies that you have to just jump in and accept. Uh, not the least of which being that there's a whole race of half-human, half-aliens that look like giant lobsters. Uh, <laughs> one of which is the main character's brother. Um, I mean, it's... Yeah, that's I all stuff from see, the yeah. second film. Yeah, I mean... Jeff, I, you've, I, seen I, them, I, you've seen them all? Uh, no, I, I, I saw the Skyline sequel... Which okay. I can't think of the name right now. Beyond Skyline. Beyond Skyline. Thank you. Um, I did see that one. In fact, uh, I I briefly mentioned it on the show a while back. It's one of those. It's like wow. I I had to watch it all the way through just to see how bad it was. As far as it's it's a B movie sequel to a a theatrical released film. Uh, yeah, it's bad. And I've I've been seeing Skylines advertised. I haven't been able to bring myself to watch it yet, but uh, uh, it's, it's little, little tip, yeah, little tip, Andy. If you ever see that kind of a um, clickbait headline from Inverse, don't bother. Inverse <laughs> recommends okay. the worst films. Okay, I mean, the the what got me was they said it was a heist movie in space. It is not. <laughs> uh, it is at best a 
MacGuffin Hunt Behind Enemy Lines movie. Again, I'm not sorry I watched it, but it certainly wasn't as good as the review. The review said, and it was it was definitely interesting. It's definitely something I wouldn't have watched otherwise. But uh, I don't feel the need to run back and watch the first two. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I finished the uh, Tick. I finished both seasons of the Tick, uh, and unfortunately, there is no third season. They did set it up for a third season. It does. It does end. It wraps up nicely, but at the end, there's like a couple things like. A guy says, oh, "I'm I'm telling that I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna stick to the truth from now. I'm gonna be an open book." And one of the characters like does a little thing that says, "Oh no, he isn't. He he's got one more secret." He goes, "Really? Yeah, it's gonna be a thing from now on. It's gonna be a whole thing we're gonna have to deal with this other secret." So I mean, it's, it's set up for the for the third season, and they just didn't make one. But um, it's really um, Arthur's story, which is nice. Okay, I was talking to my brother, and my brother was saying. It seems like in each progressive iteration of the tick, from the animation to the uh, Patrick Warburton to this one, uh, it becomes more and more Arthur's story because Arthur's much more interesting than Tick, who's fun but one note. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think they they really hit it out of the park with this one. It was really enjoyable, and there was a fair amount of depth in it and, and interesting stuff to it. And Alan Tudyk is in it playing a, a boat, which is uh, you know he's he's wonderful in everything. Yeah, I keep it keeps surprising me. I keep watching something and it's like, oh, Alan Tudyk is in this. Well, that's and then it's fine. But that was great. Oh, and I've sort of finished up Four Against Darkness. I think I'm done with it for a while. I did figure it out and get through it, and I think I've played myself out of it. I need to give it a break now. It doesn't have... Kay, you can probably help me on this. It doesn't seem to have a leveling component. I mean, you're supposed to sort of stop after level five because then it's not set for that but once i got up to level three i was unstoppable it was just a matter of rolling through there was nothing that was going to slow me down i was noticing that myself actually yeah so the the, and, the beyond five level uh extension of the game you switch from d6s to d8s mm-hmm so, but I haven't tried that yet. But yeah, I've noticed the same thing. Third level, everyone's plus three. Meh. Yeah, right. And uh, I did, um, as I said, I would try. I uh, I put up, I created an all thief party, all rogue party, excuse me. And uh, we got wiped off the map. I, I tried it twice. <laughs> the, the first time, the first time we got killed in the third turn, uh, it was a, just bad luck. We we hit two chaos hordes back to back, and they just killed us. The next one, I lasted a bit longer, but still, uh, the rogues uh, start off with them. Their their attack roll is minus one, so you, you can only roll sixes to hit most things. Yikes! But uh, it was fun. It was fun, definitely. I had fun with it. It was definitely worth the still worth the thirteen dollars. But I, I need a break. I need a break from it before I play it again, and I'll, I'll try some variations of it eventually, but not this nice. week. Nice. And I, and I also I, watched, just want to say that I watched it, because we didn't mention all last week, Falcon and Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. which I enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, unlike the uh, WandaVision, I don't, I'm not champing at the bit to see the next episode, but I'm, I want to watch the next episode, but I, I, I will watch it out of my leisure when it comes on. Imagine that, and, a Disney Plus Marvel property being good enough to watch. WandaVision pained me, because I, I really wanted to see all the episodes right then. But I was impressed with the action sequences in that first episode. I mean, that was that was cinematic quality 
action sequences in a quote unquote television series. Second episode too, though. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was reminded uh, once again how wonderfully stupid the internet is. Uh, <laughs> just absolutely glorious because the internet exists. I know that approximately at eight thirty p.m. Uh, Central Time on March thirteenth, nineteen seventy nine, was when I got swatted for peeing on the floor because I was too scared to go to the bathroom because of something I saw on television. What? <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, there was a a scene in a TV show that scared me so much. We lived in a small house. The bathroom was probably 10 adult paces to my left, but it was down a hallway that there were no lights on that down that hallway. And this thing scared me so much that instead of getting up to go to the bathroom, me parked on the carpet between the coffee table and the couch, whipped his penis out and peed directly on the carpet. (laughs) (laughs) And, and you were, you were what? 14, 15. Uh, 27 um the the show in question is a completely forgotten show called cliffhangers oh Uh, it lasted for partial one season it got a mid replacement in the spring yeah and it was it was a show like the the name implies it is it was three episodes and when they started the show, it was as if the show had been going on for a while. <laughs> so the, the first epi- first story was Chapter 2. And the, the first one was kind of a, an espionage story. The final one was kind of a romantic Dracula story. And the one in the middle was a Hollow Earth story about a cowboy oh. that yes. goes down into the Earth. And there's aliens down there that are going to take over the world. I totally remember that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Cliffhangers. Yes. Yeah. So I was reminded of it going on YouTube one night, looking at uh, pre- uh, previews for shows in the 70s, and they go by, you know, the year. Like, these are all the shows that were introduced in fall of blank, blank, blank. And I, it wasn't on that show, but I was reminded, oh, yeah, Cliffhangers. I wonder if that show exists out there in YouTube somewhere. And, of course, it's YouTube. It does. And I'm like, I am going to find that scene. The scene that scared the piss out of me. (laughs) So I went through the first episode. I went to the second episode. And there at the end of the second episode was the scene. And and that's where that cliffhanger ends. So really, it was me seeing the third episode, which started with that scene. And I remember it being this horrific green kind of lizard monster that attacks the hero. And I was so afraid of that lizard monster for ages. And in watching it now, of course, it was a like a bad green fur suit on a midget with a mask that is half werewolf, half lizard looking thing. And it and, and would scare no one. I mean, Battle Beyond the Stars has much better makeup than this thing does. Not only that, it turns out that this creature's a good guy. It attacks, <laughs> it attacks the dude, and then the, uh, the, the lady friend that he met goes, come here, Glee Gwib, and, and, and says, no, don't attack him. He's our friend, and he becomes an ally, but I didn't care. I was too young to care. I was, I was scared. I peed on the carpet and tried to blame it on the dog, but it didn't work. 
and I so I got got swatted by my father when he stepped in it. So poor dog. Oh. Now, Right. You well, if well, if it, the dog. I tried to blame the dog. It didn't work. The dog got off scot free, as as well it should have. As well it should have. But because the internet exists, I was able to go onto Wikipedia, find out when that episode aired, figure <laughs> out what time it was, Central Time, where it happened. So now I know the exact time and date that I peed on the carpet in front of the table, which is now this very same table that holds up the television that Jeff and I watched for. <laughs> Wow. You That's should put a awesome. plaque up. You should put a plaque up. <laughs> I should, shouldn't I? <laughs> right. We're going to get rid of that table, but my wife says now we have to keep it because it's a, officially a family heirloom since I peed on it. Right, right. <laughs> if you pee on it, it's yours. Yeah, well, it was mine anyway, so. It's yeah. marking territory. It's a... Sure. So now, now I know why you kept trying to give that to me. I'm like, nah, you can keep it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, take my pee. <laughs> No, I, I know that spell. If you take his pea-covered table, you're 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 his slave forever. Don't want to do that. <laughs> shush, you, shush. You, you don't read the fine print, Andy. That's the point. <laughs> so, and I just want to throw out to the uh, shock monkeys out there, those that play PC games and are kind of into Warhammer or whatnot. Uh, this month's White Dwarf, which is the official magazine of Warhammer, that issue comes with a code that gets you like 10 white dwarf based games for your computer. Oh. And, and they're, and they're good ones too. Like, uh, like Vermintide, uh, the talisman board game, Warhammer quest, uh, Dawn of war, which is excellent. If Warhammer games appeal to you and you're a PC player, uh, it's worth the price of just getting that magazine because I, I checked it out. I redeemed it on steam and yeah, it's all quick and easy and, and just a single punch, one code, and all the games are yours. Nice. So going back to cliffhangers, yeah, was, were those all? Those were all new produced shows, right? They went. I'm trying to remember. There was some series. I think it was around the same time that it lasted about the same time. That was old serials that they'd redubbed or something like that. No, this was all made for this show. Right, but can it, they, yeah, it was. It wasn't old things that were redubbed. Let's throw that out there. Maybe somebody remembers it. I'm sure that there's too much like that to find it on the internet, but I'm sure the Shock Monkeys can figure out what the hell I'm talking about. In fact, once, was, they, once that show was ended, uh, the first story, the espionage story, was cut together and finished for a TV movie. Oh, wow. So they, they actually end up finishing one of the stories. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not great. It's late 70s television. It's no manimal? It's yeah, animals yeah. above this by far. Yeah, and, I, uh, the only thing I remember about that show was um, Michael Neary playing the Dracula uh, role. That's, pretty charming. Yeah, but but still, it was wasn't great. Like it, no. it, it got canceled for a reason. Yeah, mm. <laughs> it's no Super Train. It's no Super <laughs> oh, Train. Oh God, exactly. Super Train. <laughs> yeah, you want a cliffhanger. You need to watch the television cut of Earthquake. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. That's, it's pretty awful. I, I can I can concur on that one. Steve oh. and I watched that the other night, and holy mackerel! Oh, it's how how did you end up with the TV cut of that? Well, I got the Blu-ray with the theatrical and the TV. 
Ah. And Steve, Steve was like, oh, we got to watch the television cut. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Yikes. So first of all, television screen ratio. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, Four, three. Ratio. Yeah. And second of all, you know, a lot of the pithier aspects of the theatrical cut obviously either cut completely or watered down for television. And then to have it lengthen out into a two-night extravaganza, there is the worst. It's like, I was, I just leaned over to Kirsten and I go, they're not even trying to write like human (laughs) beings would actually talk on this thing. Who wrote this? Or who typed this? (laughs) There's a couple on a plane that, that the pilot keeps coming on like pilots do saying, well, the natural disaster that's happening in California goes like this. Here's a nice uh, exposition dump for you. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, it's even worse than we first thought. And now here's what's happening in this very specific detail that only citizens of Los Angeles would know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's even worse. Uh, while you're enjoying your Hawaiian vacation, oh, I feel bad for the people that are trapped underneath the blah, 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 because they're, they're probably dead. Sounds like the American cut of Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now it's it's been a long time since I've seen the television cut. Now, as I recall, aren't there a lot of uh, deleted scenes from the theatrical that it was clear that they were deleted for a reason? Steve and I had that discussion on one particular uh, scene. Yeah. Yeah. I I think they filmed extra. Actually, it wasn't just the uh, couple on the airplane. It it is entirely possible this was a deleted scene, but I don't think so, because there's a scene with Victoria Principal being very 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 seventies hot chick, and uh, Marjo Gutner is a, a grocer who has the hots for her, and he's also in the National no Guard. <laughs> and uh, oh no no not Gunter Gutner. I know that's yeah. And, I, I pulled um, an Andy. I apologize. Yeah, what the hell, man? Yeah. That's my job. What the f- <laughs> yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll stay in my lane. Jesus, but, uh, but there, there's a scene in the, in the TV cut where once the National Guard gets cut out, he literally takes off his apron right at the cash register, throws it down, and walks out of the store to go on his gig. In the TV cut, he actually stops by. Victoria Principal's house, peeps in her window, watches her change clothes, and then knocks on her door to see if she's all right and and starts showing the signs that he's a really bad dude. But then he leaves. Yeah. Uh And in in the movie, he just they just cut from him leaving the store to him going to his uh, rental house to get his stuff and a whole bunch of guys pick on him, make fun of him, which will have implications later on. And you lose that one and you lose that wonderful character moment. <sighs> yeah, I know. It's just gone. <laughs> well it's really funny too. Because because Todd, there's a scene where her character tells her brother, you know, uh the heck with you, I'm gonna go see a movie. And she marches off. And then the earthquake starts with her in the movie theater. Secondary note, she's watching uh, Clint Eastwood in High Plains Drifter. The TV cut, 
She goes, you're out of your you're out of your mind. I'm out of here. And she storms off and you get this ADR. I'm going to go home, change into some fresh duds and then go see a movie. Oh, when she goes home, the fresh duds she changes into are exactly the same as the clothes she was wearing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she only has so many speed suits. Her fresh duds, she's wearing a skin-tight T-shirt, and boy, was Victoria Principal 70s magnificent. Yeah. (laughs) But she's wearing a skin-tight T-shirt advertising the uh, motorcycle stuntman, played by Richard Roundtree, that her brother works for. And and she's supposed to wear the T-shirt, you know, to kind of drum up, you know, publicity. So (laughs) when she goes home, they make a point of showing her with a rack of T-shirts. They're all this T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. After she takes her shower, she changes, she pulls one of them off and puts it on, puts on her leather pants, and then she's in her fresh duds. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's terrible. Oh, my goodness gracious. I want to see this cut. You say that now. <laughs> yeah, because the, the the cliffhanger to bring it all back together. Oh, the oh is, it a, is it a lizard in a midget suit? <laughs> <laughs> the the plane is landing at LAX, which is not LAX at that time, and the earthquake is happening, and it splits the 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 runway and the runway is like cracking open and oh what's going to happen to the plane and they have to speed up and take off again and it's really steve will vouch for me it was a gruelingly long it was like you know what we need to add 15 more minutes guys so let's go with the airplane landing scene yeah it was long it was long and it cuts (laughs) To the poorly red girl, redhead girl, she's typical wifey, wife, 70s, nagging, needy wife, sitting on the plane with her husband, and it cuts with her covering her head, and it's like, tune in next week when to find out my beherberberberber, you know. I hate time dilation scenes where they just stretch it out like far beyond what any reasonable person would think it would happen to that, yeah. that frame of time. It's like a, a plane that takes 10 minutes to land scream time. And you're like, really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was, and that's, that's a perfect example. Yeah. It wasn't even that. I mean, there, there are setup shots and everything that I was just kind of, I laughed and I turned to Chris. I go, I go, so, uh, so boys, how much stock footage can we find of airports to kind of uh, edit together? <laughs> And it was just like, here's a shot that we don't need. Here's another shot that we don't need. Here's yet three, four, five more shots that we do not need to set this airport scene up. Oh, my God. Padding is even worse. Steve and I will, will vouch for one technically genius touch. When the plane is trying to land and you have to get the sense of some kind of engineering strain on some structure i don't know if it's the runway or the plane or what <laughs> they have this wild animal underline uh, uh, in the in the in the sound editing 
Yeah. Can, to, I guess it's the sound of steel straining or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's for those for if you watch the monsters, it's it spots roar. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so so not a Ben Burt joint as far as the uh, <laughs> the sound design. Oh, like <laughs> and they like just peppered it in like every other second. It was yeah. a spot was apparently piloting the plane. <laughs> I guess so. Played by a midget in alert uh, lizard suit. <laughs> I like lizard in a midget suit better, but okay. <laughs> and, 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 and Todd, this is funny. To confirm, because Steve was saying, no, I think that peeping scene was in the, the theatrical cut. So I put in the theatrical cut, and I forgot to adjust the sound because the theatrical disc... Oh. Really ramps up the subwoofer. Oh, I bet it does. The earthquake Whoa. started, and and Steve just about jumped out of his seat, and he's like, "Jesus!" Your friend was freaking out with that rumbling bass. Yeah. You were trying to create your own sensor round. Yeah, it, it yes. pretty much works. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think this perfectly, perfectly segues into news you don't give a shit about. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> you have a very specific kink, Steve. And because of that, I have a specific kink. <laughs> you are a specific kink, Todd. Yeah. I can't argue that. News you don't give a shit about. Sony Pictures is working on a new film project inspired by 60s-era TV show Bewitched. The movie is being written by 12 Monkeys and MacGyver co-showrunners Terry Metalis and Travis Fickett. Created by Saul Sachs, Bewitched starred Elizabeth Montgomery as Samantha Stevens, a witch living in suburbia with her mortal husband Darren. Marvel Studios directly paid homage to the retro sitcom in its second episode of WandaVision on Disney+. Sony previously tried to bring the property to the big screen back in 2005 with a meta-take starring Nicole Kidman and Will Ferrell. Uh, the film was a critical and financial dis disappointment. So yes, you, Bewitched, coming back to the big screen. It's bound to happen. I'm, I'm surprised we haven't gotten I Dream of Genie yet. As, me, me too, because it seems like they're always bringing up the idea of doing I Dream of Genie and then brushing it aside for another year or two. You know what? I think I got the reason for that. White or not, they're terrified of a movie with some woman running around calling a guy master. Mm, yeah, probably. You and know, the though, if they, if they made it modern day, they'd do a switcheroo on it. It would be the uh, the woman that has the the lamp and the dude that's the genie. Since Hollywood listens to us, Todd, that that it, it's it's now probably going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, played by Will Smith. Yeah, <laughs> you could do a gender swap easily. Absolutely, yeah. I agree. Yeah. And Andy is obviously not in the least bothered by the idea of Will Smith running around calling some woman mistress. <laughs> no, not a bit. This friend of mine had this great take on uh, on some movie version of Bewitched. He he thinks, and I agree, that it would be funny to do this whole movie, and in the middle of the movie, you just change the actor playing Darren, and nobody says anything about it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. 
absolutely appreciate it. There's a statue in Salem that I think is from that movie. I think they actually put up a bewitched statue for the movie and left it there because it was, you know, a tourist thing. That sounds right. Yeah. And if anybody's going to appreciate that statue, it's going to be Salem. Oh, yeah. Salem knows what it is. It was too bad about that reboot because when they announced the casting of Nicole Kidman as Samantha, I was like, God, that's that's good. That's that's spot on. Did, did you watch it, Steve? Did... I did. So I'm guessing nobody here watched it. I yeah. watched it. I don't remember a whole lot about it because it was very forgettable. The problem with it is it it was just, it it was conceptually a mess. I forget what Nicole Kidman's character's name was, but she was basically going to be playing Samantha Stevens in a reboot of Bewitched. Right. But she herself and her family were, in fact, witches. And I was like, why don't you just do a reboot of Bewitched? What's all this meta bullshit in here? This is, you know, I mean, Michael Caine is Maurice. Perfect. You know, uh, Shirley MacLaine is Endora. Perfect. You know, just do Bewitched. <laughs> What's all this meta-nonsense going on here? I just don't see how you can go wrong with a movie with Michael Caine in it. You and just yet, can't. And yet, it's entirely possible. <laughs> Jeff's Michael Caine's better, Biggs. I gotta give him that. Whoa. I gotta give him that one. Wow. Yes. How dare you. Shots fired. How dare you. You have any idea who I am? I'm <laughs> Michael fucking Caine. I'm Michael fucking that's right. You're the star of Jaws 3D. No. We don't talk about that. Jaws 4. This time it's personal. <laughs> How about a reboot of I Dream of Jeannie starring Amy Adams? <laughs> as, as Antonia Nelson? <laughs> yeah. And fact check Andy is the genie. Oh, boy. I <laughs> <laughs> As long as I can walk around the set playing Major Bellas going, Major Nelson, there's a giraffe in your office. What? Anyway, that's Wait, it. Wait, did they ever establish why Major Bellows had an English accent? He was mid-Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a mid-Atlantic major. Very mid, somewhere off the coast of Dover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about Paramount Pictures is developing... Another Transformers movie. Uh, the, the mystery project is being written by Marco Ramirez. That's the showrunner of Netflix's Defenders miniseries. The, uh, studio, the studio has agreed to, quote, a blind script commitment to develop uh, a new feature based on the popular Hasbro band, unquote. That always works out well. Uh, I'm so glad I don't give a shit about Transformers. This has really hurt. While plot details are non-existent right now, it is reportedly confirmed that the story will be set apart from the mainstream Autobots versus Decepticons canon that has been expanding since 2007. Uh, Angel Manuel Soto, director of last year's critically acclaimed Charm City Kings, has been tapped to helm the untitled film, which represents the studio's commitment to continuing the Transformers film franchise after Michael Bay's five contributions to the series. Uh, early last year, it was reported that two new Transformer projects were in development from screenwriters Joby Harold, who did Army of the Dead, and James Vanderbilt, who did Scream 5. But only Harold's story ended up with a green light, and Stephen Capel Jr., Creed 2, is coming aboard to direct that one. So, yes. So that's three 
Transformers things now in development in some way. Those two and the uh, the still very quiet Bumblebee sequel. If Michael Bay is not attached, there may be some hope. He's not. I think he's just producing. <laughs> he may wander into the other truck and be like, hey. Uh... <laughs> oh, boy. So that brings us to Weekend Geek. <laughs> Yay! Hey! Disney announced that it will provide dual theatrical and streaming rollouts for Black Widow and Cruella. Both features will be available to watch in theaters or on Disney Plus when they're released on July 9th and May 28th, respectively. As with Mulan and Raya and The Last Dragon, streaming subscribers will have to shell out a premiere access fee of $30 if they want to check out the films at home. Uh, Lastly, Pixar's next original effort, the Italian Riviera set Luca, has decided to skip theaters in the U.S. for an exclusive Disney Plus rollout on June 18th, so it's not even going to theaters. Helmed by Australian filmmaker Kate Shortland, Black Widow will make history as the first Marvel Studios feature to receive a digital release. The film, which takes place between Captain America Civil War and Avengers Infinity War, was originally supposed to kick off Phase 4 last May. Now that was a, became a responsibility that fell onto WandaVision. Uh, once it became clear that the global health crisis was only worsening <laughs> and theaters would remain closed for most of the summer, the movie was then delayed to November 2020 before ultimately being pushed to May of this year. Uh, Cruella was initially set for release on May 28th. So there's the official answer. They've been, it's been hemming and hawing, and they, they've waited to the last moment, but they decided to go for both. Okay. Yeah, to I don't the know theaters. How I feel about that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just me. I just have this fundamental issue with the fact that I, I paid for Disney Plus, not a cheap service by any means. And now, if I want to watch something safely at home, I have to pay an additional $30 to watch that film for the quote-unquote premiere access, which only gets me that particular movie for a short period of time. Whereas HBO Max, I have that movie same day and date as theatrical. With no additional upcharge. I I think the HBO Max one is kind of crazy. I, I kind of agree with Disney on this because, yeah, I, know, I, I agree with them making it a delayed thing. If you're going to watch it at home, you have to pay more, uh, but only on a couple special movies like these these big, these big should-be summer blockbusters. That's how it starts, Andy. You, right now, they're in a boardroom going, well, let's see where the numbers are at. Oh, look. Look, everyone's paying. What a bunch of morons. Let's do it for all our movies because that's where it's going. <laughs> But hey, what do I know? I'm just a, a ranty crazy man in on a podcast. <laughs> oh, nobody's told him? Other Matt, Matt, we've been, we've been cutting you out of the show for a long time. We, you don't listen to it, so you wouldn't know. Wasn't the one of the other deciding factors was Raya and the Last Dragon didn't, didn't bring in people... Like whatever they thought would bring in the last time they, the that last was, uh, thing they, that was Mulan. Mulan was the uh, the, the trigger because they right. had more people. They had more people stream it than actually went and saw it in the theaters. Right, and then and Raya then, continued that trend. Did it because yeah. okay, maybe I was maybe I was listening to a Kelly Marie Tran hater 
because their theory was that it didn't actually do quite as well as they were hoping. So that's one of the reasons why they're like, fuck it, we'll 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 stream Black Widow and then charge people for it because I I can't speak to one way or another whether it did or didn't do as well as Disney had anticipated as far as their overall take, but I don't think it's done poorly from what I can tell. Okay. Right. All right. Do I want to get into man baby logic? I don't think I want to. Oh, no. <laughs> save us. Save us all. No. You do. Yes, you do. <laughs> you do. Like you don't even know how we think. <laughs> I'm just saying. No if, shit. If a movie opens and, and it doesn't do well when they when they release it and stream it for the premium price, <laughs> that just means they're going to do it again. What? <laughs> nope. What? Even with Steve doing I hate it. Do they also not realize that every mode of media is down? Like sports, everything. Yeah, the pandemic is still happening. Yeah. Yes, the, the vaccines are making it safer slowly, but we're, we're not there. Things, Cities are rising again, especially the ones that were stupid and said, oh, it's over, let's go party. You mean like the idiot spring breakers the last three weeks? Jesus Christ. Exactly. So there is reason that they're making this kind of decision. They're they're hedging their bets in both ways. They're yeah. like, well, there are more people going out to the theaters, but there are also a lot more people who aren't. So let's get the money where we can, wherever it's at. Yeah, I I went and saw Raya. No, I went and saw Promising Young Woman at the theaters, and I was like, Ugh, I I really do want to you know use up my you know use up my AMC uh, A list. So uh, I guess I'm gonna go to the you know, to a Friday show, and still, I there was nothing to worry about. It was automatically socially distant. It oh, was, I'm glad because that was going to be a terrible thing on your gravestone. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> he died going to see a promising young woman. Yeah, That's a high five. <laughs> yeah, uh, which, by the way, is a really good movie. It's a, um, it's a it's a low six feet under. If if that woman's in charge of the Zatanna movie, I'm very happy. But yeah, it was still automatically socially distant. So, so, so you give that film a thumbs up because that's been on my list of things to see at some point. But yeah, it's you think it's going to be one thing, it turns out to be another thing, and then it turns out to be another thing. That's oh, all. okay. Yeah. I like that. Right. Yeah, like that's called maze. And it and it's just really well done. The camera angles are great. The script is really nice, and all the performances are really good. So yeah. there's no hardcore Henry. Shooting in it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No closet full of the same shirt? No. <laughs> oh, it, it wasn't a closet, uh, 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 Todd. It, it was a, a, a coat rack on a hallway wall with all the shirts on hangers hanging from the coat rack. I'm, oh, sorry, I, I'm sorry I gave it more credit than it deserved. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Wingard, director of the of next week's release, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, is set to direct Thundercats. A oh. big, right, a big scale feature based on the animated TV series that ran from 1985 to 1989 by Rankin Bass and several other iterations, comic books and merchandise. 
The project had been developed by uh, Rideback Dan Lin and Vertigo's Roy Lee with an early script by David Cogsell. Uh, Wingard will rewrite a script with Simon Barrett and turn all of this into a hybrid of CGI and animation. The series focuses on a group of cat-like humanoid aliens who live on the dying planet Thundera. The Thundercats are forced to flee their homeland. The film will use the animated series as a jumping-off point, but then Wingard will take it in a direction he has been thinking about for many years. This makes Wingard the first filmmaker to sign a deal with Warner Brothers since its parent Warner Media surprised every director of a WB film by putting the 2021 slate on HBO Max along with its U.S. theatrical debut. Uh, as I love we it. just discussed. Power to that executive room. Power to that executive room. <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, Wingard is a massive Thundercats fan. Uh, from the interview that I was uh, skimming over, uh, he almost got kicked out of school because he was working on a Thundercats script uh, more than he was paying attention to class. So yeah, he, he, at one point, he lived and breathed Thundercats. Well, and was like, you're calling me a hoe? He's like, oh! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and because he doesn't have enough stuff to do, I would love for them to get Seth MacFarlane to do Lion O's voice because, oh my God, that would be amazing. As Quagmire? No, have you not seen? <laughs> have you not seen him do that, like on Robot Chicken, as well as on Family Guy when he does Lionel's voice? He he gets I it have, spot yeah. on. <laughs> I'm down for a Thundercats movie. It's 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 about time. And if if this cat is so into it as he seems to be, then yes, yes. If you've got Thundercat passion, that's who I want helming this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you got Thundercat passion, they put a the FBI put the top on your phone. He's <laughs> got Thundercat scratch fever. Mm. Oh Jesus! Uh, <laughs> Nugent references will not be allowed on this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's the Nuge! <laughs> oh my God, it isn't. <laughs> oh come on, that was an Aqua Teen reference. Dead air, dead air. <laughs> hey, that's my. You son of a bitch. <laughs> it's that Michael Caine comment, wasn't it? <laughs> he also took your uh, he also took your uh, your uh, man baby voice. He took you your jabs. <laughs> no, I'm not this is man baby first. And just... Yes, he, he's the third man baby. You don't know that, Andy? <laughs> he'd be the he'd be the fourth. John is the is the third. And I'll still get him for that. <laughs> and his little dog too. And his little dog, too. You just like to lick Kathleen Kennedy's boots. That's who you are. <laughs> Is it being offered? <laughs> I wonder if anybody's keeping a running tally on the, the number of weeks that, quote-unquote, Kathleen Kennedy is is getting fired by Lucasfilm, unquote. <laughs> because I swear to God, those those videos keep popping up in my my freaking YouTube feed, and I never watch any of them. And I'm like, why do these keep popping up in my news feed? It's not real news. Don't you know, Jeff? She was already fired. She's been fired. They're just keeping it quiet. Mm. That, that sounds like some uh, anon bullshit. It is some anon bullshit. <laughs> yeah, they fired her to keep the fans happy, and now they're keeping it quiet. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now that sounds right. <laughs> 
trying to remember the clickbait headline that I saw the other day that I just groaned at. It was something, uh, something like Lucas being brought back in secret, uh, secret executive producer position at at uh, Lucasfilm or something bullshit like that, and fans rejoice. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yep. Scroll right, right on by, past. Brought to you by the same people that is telling you that Trump will be back as president in August. And yeah. and that they're going to restore the Snyderverse. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. I'm really glad the Snyder cut happens again. I love it when there are alternative cuts of things. However, we are yet to see the fallout of the entitled man babies who are like, see, we did it. Now what can we do? Say this isn't over. No, that uh, that's Watch a real space. hashtag. Restore the Snyderverse is a real. It hashtag. is actually. Uh, oh. Todd, do you do you have the the item in the news? I just saw this as a headline. I breezed right by it. But apparently, a whole bunch of Snyderverse man babies have uh, been tanking King Kong versus Godzilla. The meta ratings. Yeah, the no, review bombing. I, no, I haven't. Yeah. Well, I, well, I we're used to it from them. By now, they they do this whenever they got some wild hair up their penis. Yeah. So so why are they review bombing Kong Godzilla? Uh, Jeff, isn't it that they they want the Snyder? I, yeah, they want the Snyderverse restored, and because yeah. Warner Brothers is the prime producer on this uh, on Kong versus Godzilla, that they're trying to tank the movie so that. <laughs> That Warners will redistribute that money towards the Snyderverse re- resurrection. What yeah. a great way of trying to get your way by negatively affecting the company that makes the decision to, to get the thing that you want. Yeah. yeah. Plus, they want to restore the uh, save Mothra scene. So it's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Why did you say that game? Why did you say that game? Hulu has officially ordered Koala Man to series with an eight episode order following the adventure, following the adventures of a suburban dad from down under who lives a not so secret life as the titular superhero. He doesn't have any powers, but what he does have is a burning passion to snuff out petty crime and bring order to the local community. The new animated series was created by Michael Cusack, who did YOLO, Crystal Fantasy, with Detective Pikachu scribes Benji Summit and Dan Hernandez serving as showrunner. Justin Roiland, co-creator of Rick and Morty, and so the opposites, is on board as executive producer. So look forward to uh, Koala Man coming to a film I was, near I you. I was waiting to hear where the possible news I didn't give a shit about was not in there. I mean, I, how, how is that uh, not news you don't give a shit about? But I guess the... Uh, Rick and Morty producer is what might bring it over the top because nothing else sounded good in there to me. I don't know. I think it sounds fun. Uh, can you at least have four thumbs? Nah, it's going to be great. He's animated. He's probably my half of the seven. Be bad dinkum. Great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. God, you guys, you guys both have such a bad Michael Kane. <laughs> that yeah. does it. You're going to destination fact. <laughs> <laughs> Van Helsing is returning to film with James Wan producing. Overlord director Julius Avery has been hired to helm a brand new film for Universal Pictures. The last time Van Helsing had his own film was May 2004, when Hugh Jackman played the character in a world inhabited by all of Universal's monsters. 
the aptly named Van Helsing, was written and directed by Stephen Summers. Uh, this homage to the heyday of studios' monster-based pictures was a critical and financial disappointment. So any potential sequels were scrapped as a result. But now, James Wan, uh, super director, is back doing a Van Helsing. Okay, do we know anything more besides that he's doing it? or Nope. Uh, it's, it's just... It's just Listen, universal monster baiting again. There, there's Die. money there. That was good, Jeff. <laughs> I know. <laughs> got to give him that one. He got to give him that, that one. one. <laughs> well, even even Matt has a bad Michael Caine. <laughs> I wasn't a Michael Caine. Shut up. I, I've been I've been doing a bad Michael Caine the whole time. Sorry, I mean I, the whole show. It's a very bad Michael Caine. Yeah. Uh, you know. I'm just saying, those, all of those characters in public domain, it doesn't have to be universal, but it would be nice if they got their shit together. <sighs> They're working on it. They're getting a little better. Van Helsing, I think, is the best option for linking yeah. all those movies. Yeah. It's the way to go. And, 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 and no reflection on Juan, none at all, because I, I think he's, he's, he's a good choice, but I have a feeling they're just... Ah, they're just going to go about it the way they've done the others and kind of do its own thing and then try to post hoc, you, you know, uh, make it and then with the stuff and the thing and the, the and then it's just, it won't work. But, and the Freundleben. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it's just, I don't know, but it's, it's the way Van Helsing Monster Hunter is yeah. how you want to link those movies. Yeah, I no, you're right. I think, I think that that is kind of the best way to go or a or it's certainly a good way to go and let's capitalize on the old man kicking ass theme in movies and have liam neeson be <laughs> van helsing van helsing yeah or a particular set of skills yeah yeah <laughs> actually go with uh go with uh christoph waltz and then get an actual german dude christoph waltz yeah, you, you don't. We don't even have to talk about a joke as an old man kicking ass. That would be a wonderful. Christoph Waltz would be a wonderful. That's a brilliant idea. Yeah, I have and, to agree. And and they won't do it. They'll they'll no. you know they'll get Taylor Kitsch's younger brother. Oh, you know? that's, a, that's a bingo. Or or how about if we're going to go with an older actor kicking ass, they could go with um, Hugh Jackman. Uh, he could. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so meta. It's a completely different universe. But oh, man. Hugh Jackman is back as Van Helsing. He plays the the academic, the the professor Van Helsing, as oh, opposed yes. to the adventurer. Yeah. It would be wonderfully meta. <laughs> but yeah, if they're gonna go the adventuring route, fuck it. Christoph Waltz, that would just be Yeah. He'd be their Robert Downey Jr. Right. <laughs> yeah. Following San Diego Comic-Con's decision to cancel this summer's event for the second year in a row after COVID-19 concerns, they have now announced an in-person event, dubbed Comic-Con Special Edition, for Thanksgiving weekend between November 26th and the 28th. Details like pricing, events, and number of attendees are still being hammered out, but Comic-Con Special Edition is expected to be a much smaller event. 
the regular-sized San Diego Comic-Con plans to make a full return in summer 2022, assuming that herd immunity against the novel coronavirus has been achieved via widespread vaccination. Get your goddamn vaccine, people. Uh, Those who purchase badges for 2021 will have them rolled over to next year unless a request for a refund is submitted. So, yes, we have a partial con at the end of the year. Yeah. So here's the thing about that story. Uh, nobody bought tickets in 2021 because we all had our tickets for 2020 rolled over into 2021. <laughs> oh, shit. Being, and now they're being rolled over again. Uh, so there are no tickets left for 2022 is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically. Which I think is one of the reasons why they wanted to do this mini event. First of all, canceling 2020 more or less at the last minute uh, hurt them financially, you know, and then not having an in-person thing again this year, both, both, well, actually, yeah, WonderCon also got canceled last year. So those two big events not happening, and and yet they still have staff, they still have stuff that they do during the year, they've had no um, finances coming in. So um, I think that's one of the reasons why they wanted to have this little mini event. And November sounds sounds about right, and as some as many people have pointed out, doing it on Thanksgiving weekend once again kind of helps with the social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> true. What is Very the, true. Uh, what does the voice of God do uh, when she's not when the con's not going on? Huh? The voice of God from the uh, the the woman who nags the people to get the hell out, the, nags the exhibitors to get the hell off the floor. Oh. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> That's all she has to do. It's yeah, her whole gig for the entire year is nagging, nagging the exhibitors for five hours, uh, five hours a year. Yeah. I, I, that's fair. I still wonder if Comic Con is ever going to fully recover from this because, I mean, you look at a lot of other conventions that went virtual, and a lot of them are starting to think, hmm. Well, we did better with the virtual than we ever did with the in-person. In fact, uh, CES is a big one here in Vegas that is already moving virtual for probably next year as well. Uh, even though it's, you know, it's a professional convention versus a fan convention, but still, uh, with the number of like Wizard World virtual cons that they've done over the last year and a half now, uh, and being able to do the fan experiences over Zoom and so forth, I'm really starting to wonder if Comic-Con is ever going to be able to achieve its heights like it did before. Yeah, nope. yes, it will. I, yeah, I, I don't completely disagree with you, Jeff. I think Comic-Con is safe as can be. Yeah, really. People yep. want that experience of meeting, getting up front with new things, having those con-only experiences, and the same with CES. I Do I think that there might be a digital component added onto it that has an option? Yes, I do. Uh, yeah. But with even a business convention like CES, it's one thing to have a polished video that someone shows you on Zoom versus being able to get up and touch the robot yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone I've talked to that does conventions, they're all, you know, chomping at the bit to get back in, to get back in the room where it happens, the room mm-hmm. where it happens. I, I actually, actually, as as uh, as uh, an uh, exhibit uh, professional, as as somebody who actually covers this, 
Yes, everyone who's involved in this is champing at the bit to get back onto the the floor. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes for organizers and attendees. Yeah. And and the guys that build the shit. Yeah, I do think the one thing that that all of them have learned from these two years is that having a live digital component is a worthwhile thing to keep, probably. Yeah. so it wouldn't surprise me, especially with the last couple of years, uh, trying to sideline people that, you know, post bootleg videos of the exclusive, you know, trailers and stuff. All the studios basically just posting them themselves, you know, about an hour after each panel. I, it wouldn't surprise me that that even those panels go live and it won't it will not hurt their in-person attendance at all. It'll just be something new for the people that can't make it. Uh, they can, you know, sit at home and, you know, watch the panels, you know, from, from TV. Cause they do, th- you know, multi-camera shoots of all those panels. So, you know, right. again, again, having an official Comic-Con version of that, uh, as opposed to, again, people, you know, sitting with their shaky cams in the front row and trying to get, you know, shots of the video screens and that kind of bullshit. Right. I think it would be I mean, worth it if, uh, it would be worth it to have an actual, like live TV studio engineers doing it as if it was, you know, camera three, camera two, which camera they do two, camera three. Which, yeah. If you, you do if that, you go, I haven't seen shots like that. Okay. Yeah. If you go and watch the, uh, if you go and watch the overflow rooms, that's exactly what you're seeing. You're seeing the, the, the con produced multi-camera, uh, take one, take two videos. So to have that actually go live for people at home, like I say, I think that's something that they've learned they can still do, and people will still want to be there in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, it won't it won't kill the uh, enthusiasm for actually being uh, at the convention, whatever it is. I tell you what kills the enthusiasm for me, even after we stop doing press stuff with them, is the constant increase of cost to attend combined with the decrease in the number of things that I could actually do while at the con. I just, I, I couldn't justify the amount of money I was spending for how little I was getting to do. That's just something that you have to be aware of. And my whole thing on that is if I cannot just walk into hall H, I won't do it. If I can't just walk into ballroom 20, I, I won't do it with one or two rare exceptions. If I really can't, if, if it takes me longer than a half hour to wait in line to get into something, I just won't do it. Because these days, plan D is always just go back down to the floor. Because the last few conventions, I have not seen everything on the convention floor. Comic-Con has just been packed with stuff to do minute to minute to minute to minute. And it's not like there's nothing to do. Uh, I, you know, go through the program and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to try to get, you know, usually I park myself in the, in the DC comics room and just watch all those panels and, and then try to, you know, unstick my butt from the, uh, from the chair at the end of everything. Um, but, uh, you know, so I'll just do that. Um, and then what I really like are all the, are all the, you know, the fan driven things like the themed photo shoots. I I love that those have become a thing. Yes. Uh, And you know, and that has nothing to do with Comic-Con per se, except that all those people happen, happen to be in the same place at the same time. And those are always fun. Those are always fun, always great. And again, you get to see a lot of people's creativity just being inspired by their, you know, their pop culture, you know, 
whatever they're doing there. So that's the stuff I like. Some uh, of the answer, uh, Jeff, is to go to smaller conventions too. Yeah. And well, that's what I've been doing. I yeah. I haven't gone to Comic Con since 2016. I've had a much better time at these smaller conventions. I get to do more, get to do more interacting with you know the special guests, special panels, etc. And it saves me a shit ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not a person that minds spending money as long as I'm getting the value for it. But yeah. for me, Comic-Con was a decreasing value combined <laughs> with an increase in money, spent, in, mon- in money spent. So that's where I was just, I'm like, it just, it wasn't worth it anymore. Yeah. And then everything sold out. Like, oh, we sold out of those Yeah, 8 a.m. yesterday. Yeah, and again, that's... That was the other thing, the hassle of trying to get tickets. It's just like, it's not worth the aggravation. Yeah. Well, not just that, but I mean the stuff on the floor. Like the, well, you're well, talking about the yeah, that too. Yeah, which, again, that's stuff that I never really cared. If I could get them, great. If I couldn't, you know, uh, <laughs> I know I'll find them at Frankenson's next week for, you know, considerable markup, but still, <laughs> if I want to get them, I'll be able to find them somewhere. Mm-hmm. I so. also don't miss having my ankles rolled by fucking strollers <laughs> for, you know, five straight days. And I think I told you guys um, in 2019 <laughs> that I actually do have a, 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 a you know, Bigsy's retirement date from Comic-Con, and that's going to be uh, 2023. Uh, that'll probably be my last one, because I will literally be too old for this shit. <laughs> but is that pushed back because of the, the the cancellation for the last two years? I don't think so because I'll still be sixty five. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, I was thinking. I don't about know, man. That. Stan Lee was attending that thing up until his hundreds. I think it was one hundred and forty three at his last convention. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just um, I can't. I can't. Uh, it, it it literally where it takes me like two days to recover from Comic Con anymore. Which I'm, I'm fine with. It's tons of fun while I'm there, even if I'm drop dead tired by Sunday. Uh, but I, I do think I'm literally getting too old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and there are all these other smaller conventions that have popped up, and, and that's great, too. Uh, the Ontario one is taking off. Long Beach, sadly, is... Ugh, that one did not go anywhere. You but you can't, you can't get to Canada right now because of the COVID. <laughs> Why would I go to Canada? He's trying to be funny. There's a province called Ontario. He's trying yeah. to be funny. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's see. trying to be funny. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> All that matters is that it brought a smile to Andy's face. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, a black drop. Some... Oh, hold on. Black... No, 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 no. We're going on. Let's do some red light, green light. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! Uh, All right, gentlemen, gentlemen, we got ourselves, (laughs) we got ourselves some pitches. God damn it, we're gonna do some. Sorry, I'm gonna mute myself. Hang on. (laughs) Something triggered his laughing fit because he is really getting hit with it right now. He's absolutely fucked. He just made his way to destination. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> wow, look at him. 
I know. He's he's getting he's smaller. <laughs> he's shrinking. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, we got ourselves some pitches, and it's time to make a decision on some of these. I have four pitches here, and each one of you gets one green light. We got a green light something, and it's going to be one of these four. Uh, it is my understanding, though, that at least one of these, if not more, are fake. Ooh, what a twist. So the shows we are deciding between this time are Slam, Minecraft Real Space, Dark Matter, Craig Banyan P.I. Those are your four. <laughs> this, I like to... Uh, folks can't see it at home, but the, the look that Kirsten has given me is of one of great suspicion. You know, you, you got me with the last one. I'm greenlighting that already. Yeah, you like that one? The P.I., Greg, yeah. Greg P.I.? Yeah. All right, so we're going to start with the first one, and that is Slam. Here we go. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. Let the boys be boys. See, I expected it the first time, and you surprised me with the second one. I appreciate it, Jeff. I had to wait for the pause. HBO Max is developing an animated series that is set in the world of roller derby titled Slam. The series is being adapted from a comic book series of the same name. Warner Media owned Rooster Teeth Studios, Boom Studios, and Minnow Mountain are producing the project, which is co-created by Pamela Ribbon and Veronica Fish. Ribbon and Fish co-created the comic and also co-wrote feature films such as Moana and Ralph Breaks the Internet. Uh, Ribbon is also adapting her book. The story for the series is, quote, set in the fast-paced, hard-hitting, super-cheeky, all-female world of bank-to-track roller derby follows two young women who will have to decide if their budding friendship is stronger than the pull of a team when a win is on the line, unquote. Uh, Ribbon has some personal experiences with Robert Roller Derby, having skated with the L.A. Derby Dolls for several years. The series will be brought to life using a combination of rotoscoped and 3D animation with Craig Staggs and Steph Swope's Minnow Mountain animating. They uh, previously worked on Amazon's Undone. So that is Slam. Next up, Microsoft and Mojang Studios' immensely popular multi-platform game Minecraft is getting a live-action television series. Showrunner Lee Tolan Krieger is executive producing the series for Amazon Studios. Krieger, known for the films The Vicious Kind, Celeste and Jesse Forever, and The Age of Adeline. Amazon has ordered a 10-episode first season of half-hour shows. According to the press release from Krieger's production company, Autumn Entertainment, Minecraft Real Space will focus on a small group of teenage gamers in a small rural town. 14-year-old Mike Belkin is picked on by some of the other kids and retreats deeper into his game until he gains the ability to craft items in the real world just like his Minecraft character. Unable to explain this to anyone but his little sister, who teases him relentlessly and is better at Minecraft than him, Mike uses his newfound abilities to thwart the town bullies and avoid the authorities who have taken a keen interest in the strange things that begin to appear around town, all while discovering the menacing secret of his powers. 
Bojang is also expected to release a series of DLC related to the television show post-release, as well as a line of merchandise that allows you to create your own, quote, Minecraft real space experience in the real world, including a collectible line of one-to-one scale interactive blocks sold exclusively through Amazon. Minecraft Real Space is set to blend practical live-action footage with cutting-edge CGI. That is Minecraft Real Space. Next up, Doc Matter. Apple TV Plus is expanding on its slate of genre content with an upcoming series based on Blake Crouch's 2017 novel Dark Matter. Venom producer Mac Tolmach is developing the project at Sony Pictures Television while Blake is on board to adapt his own work. The author, who will executive produce, previously attempted to bring his book to the big screen with Sony as a partner. At one point, Roland Emmerich was attached to direct. Here is the book description. Are you happy with your life? Those are the last words Jason Dessen hears before the masked abductor knocks him unconscious. Before he awakens to find himself strapped to a gurney surrounded by strangers in hazmat suits. Before a man Jason's never met smiles down at him and says, Welcome back, my friend. In this world he's woken up to, Jason's life is not the one he knows. His wife is not his wife. His son was never born. And Jason is not an ordinary college physics professor, but a celebrated genius who has achieved something remarkable, something impossible. Is it this world or the other that's a dream? And even if the home he remembers is real, how could Jason possibly make it back to the family he loves? The answer lies in a journey more wondrous and horrifying than anything he could have imagined. One that will force him to confront the darkest parts of himself, even as he battles a terrifyingly, seemingly unbeatable foe. Dark matter is about choices, paths not taken, and how far we'll go to claim the lives we dream of. That is Dark Matter. And finally, Craig Banyan, P.I. Jane Black, who has worked on films such as Lethal Weapon, Predator, Monster Squad, Iron Man 3, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and The Nice Guys, is developing an animated comedy series for Fox titled Craig Banyan, P.I., which is based on James Mulaney's book series, Craig Banyan, P.I. Craig Banyan, P.I. follows the supernatural adventures of Banyan an alcoholic ex-cop and current private investigator as he solves cases in an alternate war, otherworldly reality. Black and Mulaney are teaming up to write and executive produce the project. It's David Silverman, who helmed the Simpsons movie, will direct. Here's the story summary from the first book. Dashiell Hammett meets Santa Claus is coming to town. Craig Banyan is just your run-of-the-mill P.I., He's got a secretary who loves to hate and hates to love him. His worst enemy in the world is on the local force and relishes the thought of seeing Banyan behind bars. And he's got a knack for attracting all the crazies to his small downtown office above the fish market. So when an elf shows up on a stolen reindeer and hints of foul play at the North Pole... Banyan takes the whole thing in stride, refuses to take the case, and heads off to his favorite saloon. But when the elf turns up dead the next morning, the cops make their least favorite private eye the fall guy. A hunted man, Banyan lambs it to the Arctic Circle to clear his name. 
He quickly finds that Santa's workshop is a lot more dangerous than even a plucky P.I. with a ready quip and a five-alarm hangover can handle. Between fighting for his life and fending off the advances of a hot-to-trot Mrs. Claus, Banyan uncovers a conspiracy that goes far past December 25th. If he can just ring in the new year without a bullet in his brain, it'll all be just another day for Craig Banyan P.I. There you have it. Here your choices, gentlemen. Slam, Minecraft, Real Space, Dark Matter, Craig Banyan, P.I. Let's start with you, Steve. Where do you lay your green lights? Well, a lot of these amazing possibilities. I have to go with, I think I can dismiss the, uh, the Minecraft because I don't play it. I don't know how to move. Um... <laughs> 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 uh, but the other three have interesting possibilities. I, I do like the uh, the first one. Slam sounds a lot like globe with rollerball, and that could be uh, that could be very interesting. Mwah. Dark matter. Uh, I'll come back to that. Uh, the, the wackiest one does sound like uh, what's his name? Banyan something? Pi something? Craig Banyan. Craig Banyan. Pi. That could be. Uh, that's interesting. Kind of a kind of a Roger Rabbit, uh, Santa Claus. Uh, yeah, let me think. I think it's got to be between the first one and the last one. There, I think. Uh, hmm. I kind of like the. Uh, I kind of like the rollerball. Go with a rollerball. <laughs> it's a green light for slam, and uh, extra points for using that marker or whatever it was as a cigar. That's right. Yeah. It's uh, it's chalk marker marker cigars. They're really great <laughs> and horrible for your lungs. <laughs> All right, Matt, where do you lay your green light? Well, listen, bro. See, the new money. Uh, I don't give a fuck. Studios and all you boomer studios have it wrong. Okay, the green light <laughs> is going to go to Craig Banyan because it's crazy. <laughs> I love it. You had me at the. You had me right when you said it. I'm going there. And Minecraft, never played it. I agree with you on that one. Fakes, never played it. So uh, I'm going Craig Banyan, green light. Jeff, where do you lay your green light? I'm also going to go with Craig Banyan, P.I. Uh, I don't know. It it sounds just goofy enough to, to be entertaining. It's not entirely different. It's just a mishmash of you know things we've probably seen before. But it's got a good pedigree behind it. And it, it sounds... Just crazy enough, it just might work. Andy, where do you lay your green light? First of all, everybody who's whoever did the fake pitch is very good because you all sound really yeah. good and plausible. Um, I, I, I honestly would like to lay my money on Slam because I, even though I'd, I'd rather see a flat track one and a bank track, you know, still, you know, I'd, I'd like to see more stuff about women. I'd like to see more. And I mean, these other ones sound good, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, it's 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 pure sexism. I want to see women doing stuff instead of men doing stuff right now. <laughs> oh, there you have it, folks. Pillow Productions, come <laughs> chiming on in, coming in with the pure sexism. All right, yeah. mm-hmm. and Kirsten, where do you lay your green light? Well, first of all, let's just you know take a moment to reflect that Andy did the. The worst kind of possible begging for videos from women, because he wants to see women doing stuff. 
But go ahead, send them all your videos, making coffee, sitting in front of the computer uh, with a, a stay-at-home orders, uh, mowing the lawn. That is not what I said. That is not yes, what I said did. at all. You want to see women doing stuff. So women do stuff and then send the vids to Andy. Having said that, Slam is my close second. I really like a lot of the concept. Um, I think the actually the mind space and uh, dark matter sound interesting, but I'm voting for Craig Banyan because I want to hear Todd talk about it for years to come. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to know what that's about, stay tuned to the end of the show. <laughs> All five hours of it. <laughs> <laughs> So that's three green lights for Craig Banyan and two for Slam, leaving Minecraft Dark Matter in the lurch. So that being said, gentlemen, we're going to green light ourselves some Craig Banyan P.I. But any guesses as to which of these are fake? Craig Banyan. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree. I, I, that's uh, part of the reason I didn't vote for it, because I think Craig Banyan is too good to be real. All right, oh, Matt. Matt's, I, you're doing I'm it both. wrong, Andy. That's not how you yeah, play yeah. this game. And you're I doing think, it wrong. I think it's the Minecraft real space. I think that's the fakey. I think it's Craig Banyan, and I have an Andy-style, you know, backstory as to why I think that one's the fake one. Oh, give it to me. Back in the the early '90s, there was a sketch on Saturday Night Live called Frank Gannon. PIPI, which was politically correct in politically incorrect private investigator, and it sounds the, the name sounds so similar. Uh, I I feel like somebody probably remembered that and then wrote a whole pitch based on that, went changing the name up just enough so that it was dissimilar. I could be far off the mark on this, but that's where my brain is taking me, and I don't apologize for it. <laughs> Kirsten, what do you think? Oh, I think uh, Craig Banyan because uh, this sounds just too wonderful to be true. Generally, I mean, you know, the giveaways tend to be when it's a great concept and you really want to see it. Despite <laughs> the fact that I just want to see it because I want to hear you talk about it for years. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. The following are the fake ones. Here we go. Oh. Multiple fakes. Ooh. Minecraft Real Space was brought to us by Dr. Vlarg himself. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. And that is it. The other three are real. Slam. Oh, my wow. God. Dark Matter and Craig Banyan are all in development. Well, yes. that makes Very me nice. happy on multiple levels because I, I, too, would like to see uh, Todd speak about Craig Banyan for years to come. <laughs> and it did sound like a fun concept. Yeah. Slam and Craig Banyan. Those were my one and two. So I honestly have no idea why I was so fucked up trying to say that. <laughs> that whole thing. I had no clue why. Fucked up? <laughs> you know what? I, I, I think I'm going to put that whole segment uh, for those who like to stick around for the for the outtakes, I'm going to put that whole thing unedited. At the end. <laughs> so, so you can hear how, how these guys had to deal with my reading of Craig Banyan from beginning to end. Because, damn. 
<laughs> Craig Bannon, male prostitute. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for these. Slam, uh, Dark Matter, I haven't read it, but I know it's I know it by reputation. And I also know Matt from Two Broke Geeks has been trying to get it on the book club for an age. Mm. And, of course, Craig Banyan, that's so messed up, even when I'm not trying to read it. That's so great. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if you have a pitches bitches to write to us, a fake pitch, send it to comments at uglycouchshow.com. Write pitches bitches in the subject heading. Some of you have sent multiple pitches, and I do appreciate that, and I have them all in my log. I will always defer the, to those who do a new pitch. Once I go through the people have only gave us a pitch once, then we'll go to the uh, people who have sent multiple pitches and go back through those as well. So feel free to throw as many pitches as you want, uh, but we will be going through uh, it, the individuals first. And, of course, anything else you want to bring up to us, you can write to us. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. And we always appreciate you listening in on the show. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Back check, Andy. You believe Matt. Professor Biggs. Oh, we'll talk- back. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Okay, <laughs> were you the the? It was Andy. Andy has a neck, right? That was we were both on the same. Yeah, that's okay. I heard that too. That was yep. funny. Andy Andy has a knack for getting weird people around him, or whatever the the sentence was. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 joke is there, but my God, I can't possibly throw any more sand into this thing. <laughs> Heroically done, Andy. Heroically oh. done. That <laughs> killed you, didn't it? Oh, you were just God. dying on the inside. I was, can't yeah, throw, now. Can't that, throw any yeah. more wooden shoes into the machinery, huh? Yeah. <laughs> literal, literal sabotage. Yes. <clears throat> I have to actually withdraw one of my pitches, bitches, because it's too close to what they're actually doing. Really? Yeah. yeah. So my second, <laughs> my second pitches, bitches, I was like, it, as soon as the news kept coming out about it, I was like, oh, shit, that's... That's what they're actually doing with that. <laughs> wow. That's the danger. If, if, if the pitch sits too long, there's a danger that someone's actually going to do it. Yeah, yeah. right. And mine, right. Mine was already based on an existing project, and I was like, oh, and then they'll do this after that's successful. But that's actually what they're doing. And I was like, oh, shit. I need to withdraw that. Bitches, bitches. Should I spoil it now since we're not going to use it? Sure, why not? The Full Moon Productions is doing another Charles Band joint uh, based on their previous Lovecraft-based stories called Miskatonic U, The Resonator. Yeah. And, oh, okay. And I, th- I thought it was a two-part, just a two-part movie, uh, you know, part one and then part two. And, and so my pitch was that they were going to extend that into an actual series that would be playing on Shudder. I, as I went to look it up, I was like, oh, this is already like the beginnings of a series. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I am down for a a Charlie Band series about anything. Yeah, and this is this does extend the Reanimator, the From Beyond, uh, into you know modern day Miskatonic U. They're they're rebuilding the Resonator from From Beyond. Yay! And mm-hmm. apparently, it's, it's going to continue after these first couple of episodes if they're successful great i i already i already yeah. have the table i hope it scares me so much i pee on it <laughs> <laughs> is that going to be the image for this one as a pee table you'll have to wait and see andy 
That it would be sense. it would be mysterious and boring until you knew what was up. Mysterious like a lot boring. of these jokes. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> you beat me to it. I was choking on it. <laughs> yeah, when, when a joke runs flat somewhere in the world, Andy gets his wings. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched you shit. How do you have any shit left? Andy's sitting on the carpet? Yeah. <laughs> yes, Andy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jeff said, I just watched you shit. How do you have more shit? And Andy's <laughs> like, plenty of where that came from. <laughs> Todd, this technical director of yours is rough. Dude, Dude I've, I, you have I, no I've, idea. I've worked with them for decades. That's right. You're not telling you me anything I don't already know. You guys were working together before your balls dropped. <laughs> I would say in yeah, the middle of close. the ball dropping, like 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 when like the left one was sort of going there at the time. Yeah, that's about yeah. the time that I met Jeff. Or what, 11, 12? I, and, uh, I'm still waiting for the third ball to drop. It's still uh, <laughs> one, two, three. It's like your third. It's like your third eye. When it's time to change, you've got to go to space camp. <laughs> yeah, if your third if your third ball drops, do you go? Does your voice change again? It goes into it goes into a register only dogs can hear. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a superpower. That, that is a lame superpower. I can talk <laughs> to dogs in a voice only they can hear. They're they're still dogs, so they don't know what to do about it. But <laughs> I I would envision it like Aquaman from Super Friends, where it's just like that yeah. weird <laughs> like <laughs> thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that weird. Except it's coming out of your crotch. <laughs> Wow, Steve, close the bathroom door. Yeah, I know. I can't. That's the problem. I <laughs> so I have to clarify an earlier statement because apparently somebody misunderstood what I said about Barry and texted him. Uh, what? Barry did not lose his job. <laughs> I, I got an angry text from Barry while we were recording. What? Yes. I said, I didn't lose my job, you morons. <laughs> so wh- whoever sent condolences or whatever to Barry, he oh, didn't no. lose his job. All right. What's Put, it up your hand. Put up your hand if, if you're the culprit. <laughs> it, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a lot. That's awesome. Okay, I have to admit... I just sent him a text saying, sorry, you lost your job. So <laughs> Just now? <laughs> we'll have to have him on the show next week to give condolences on him losing his job. <laughs> he just responded, I didn't lose my job. Oh, I got to text him now. Oh, now yeah, I got to text him. I do, too. <laughs> yeah, me, too. I'm going to yep. do it again. Here we go. <laughs> God. Now I'm going to catch some shit for this. <laughs> Even though I already texted him back and said, um, I said, they misinterpreted what I said, and he didn't respond to that. So, probably. Here, let me do some talk to text. I just sent it. (laughs) Dude, comma, I'm so sorry you lost your job, man, period. If you need to talk, my ears are always here for you. Right, and you sent. Sent, you sent me back this. You guys are idiots. <laughs> oh. You know I'm putting this at the end of the show. This is. 
So, Shock Monkeys, we're about to set up a GoFundMe page for uh, Barry. And, uh, for well, you know, he, actually, he, he might appreciate that because uh, he and Deb are saving up for a remodel on their house. They can't do the remodel because he just lost his job. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's riding with it now. This is what he sent back to me. They made me eat kale. I'll do horrific <laughs> shit in the name of money, but I gotta draw a line. <laughs> oh. Oh. Any opportunity to annoy Barry. Yeah. <laughs> Serve it to me on a platter. I'll take it. I, I love how, you know, it's funny. Uh, every time I have a conversation with Bid Barry, either over the phone or, uh, you know, video chat, it always somehow circles around to him talking about how frustrated he is with Todd's lack of interest in his glorious revenge setup that never was. And, <laughs> and I'm just like, you, you, you just miss, you, you, you un totally underestimated apathy. And he's just like, God damn it, that would have been so good. He is still so riled up about it all these years later that, that you would not commit to his, his, his trickery. Well, if I put in a whole work, work week of time mm -hmm. to set up a, a practical joke that I gave like 40 plus hours of my life to and set, that, set things off into the mail to, the, to, to make it work on even an international level. Yeah. And mm -hmm. the fish didn't bite. Yeah. I'd be absolutely pissed. <laughs> I, I think he undersells how much time and effort he actually put into that because yeah. he talks about one work week. I think it was at least a couple of months of planning and scheming and contacting people and getting them to to agree to mail those things, or, or you know, especially you know for the foreign friends to download the stuff that he sent them, print it, and then take it to their local post office and mail it internationally. I mean, it's, it's You're right, ridiculous. Jeff. You're right, Jeff. It was a lot more time. I like to think that he actually spent years doing it. <laughs> my coworkers at the, uh, the paper, uh, when in, in the middle of my stratosphere project, he sent me a fake press release about stratosphere two being built in the South end of the strip. <laughs> and I would, they finally stopped me as I walked, I was about to walk out the door to go to the press conference. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, that's a big wow. That uh, was great. None of it compares to the story I heard about. Somebody wrote on the internet about some guy who was reading The Exorcist, and he was so bothered by the move, uh, the book, he stopped reading it and threw it into the ocean. And so one of his <laughs> workers bought a copy of The Exorcist, ran it under the uh, faucet. And then put it in his uh, desk drawer at work. Oh God! <laughs> I, I I appreciate that person so much. <laughs> ah, oh, that's good. I don't know who you are, sir or madam, but kudos, and I hope that your brood is vast and spreads throughout the world. <laughs> Oh, and man. he just doesn't he, know well enough to leave alone. That he's frozen. Old man. What he do you mean frozen. well enough to leave alone, Jeff? He he touches his screen and the thing goes go bloop, bloop, bloop. 
every time I tell him, like, just stop messing with it. If you stop fiddling with it, it'll stay the way you want it. But then he wants to keep tapping the screen and, and, he's got and trying that, to... He's got those big sausage fingers, and he's going to grab the iPad to adjust it, and he's going to... Lucky, we haven't gotten a porn feed in the middle of one of the shows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I don't watch porn on my phone. I watch it on my iPad. The ghost of Andy speaks. Your yes. video completely disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. You, you turned your video off. There we go. <laughs> Boom Studios and Minnow Mountain are producing the project, which is co-created by Pamela Ribbon and Veronica Fish. Ribbon. <laughs> Ribbon. <laughs> Apparently it's contagious. <laughs> yeah, it is. It so is. Uh, ribbon and fish. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Worst detective agency ever. <laughs> Titled Craig Banyan PI, which is based on Jay Mullet, which is based on James, which is based on James Mullet's book series Craig Banyan PI. Uh, Craig Banyan P.I. follows the supernatural adventures of Banyan. Quote, an ex... An, uh, mm, Craig... Mm, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Green light. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's your choices, gentlemen. Fuck. <laughs> Wait, I want to hear what he's, what he's doing. What's Craig doing, baby? Oh, yeah, I know. I'm getting back to it. Craig Banyan P.I. follows the supernatural adventures of Banyan. An ex... Mm, <laughs> <laughs> See what you did, Andy. See what you did. Uh, <laughs> uh, not only have I lost the inclination to read, but the ability as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Eighth time's the charm. Here we go. Craig Banyan P.I. follows the supernatural adventures of Banyan an alcoholic ex-cop and current private investigator as he solves cases in an alternate war, otherworldly reality. Black Yay! and Hey! God damn it, Andy. <laughs> I was on a roll. <laughs> Pillow Studios came in and just do what they always do. Ruined the pitch, see? <laughs> Black and Mulaney are taming up. <laughs> See, you fucked it all up. <laughs> Black and Mulaney are teaming up to write and executive produce the project. David Silverman, who helped David Silverman, who helmed the Simpsons movie, will direct. Here's the story summary from the first book. Andy, where do you lay your green light? Could you repeat the Craig Banyan pitch? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, God damn it. 